up, guys? Welcome to episode 211 of Real Estate Podcast. I'm here with Griffin. I'm here with Trev. And I'm here with Adam. This week we finally watched Whiplash. Yeah, right. I mean, since they used Whiplash for this mo- as the title of this movie. Yeah. Whiplash, like, comma, or the importance of tempo. Yeah, right. Um, it's amazing the way that they they use that as the title of the movie over Caravan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you would think after watching the movie that Caravan will be the obvious choice of the film because of you know the significance of the song. Yeah, but, in the end of but, the movie. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, and that was they were they were working towards Caravan, or he was working towards Caravan the whole time, mm-hmm. being able to play it properly. You know what I mean? So the significance of that song is going to ripple through that dude's life forever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for all of eternity, you know? So. Well, I mean, I feel like, I feel like it kind of encapsulates though. Like the physical. Like whiplash. Rep, yeah. The physical rep, like the, the actual pain that this motherfucker goes through. The trauma. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I mean, because you're right. Because it's such a. <clears throat> It's such a, uh, it's he. So much shit's going on in this dude's life, and on top of it all, he's just trying to be a good musician. Well, let's let's explore that a little bit here. So, this dude is so consumed with being one of the greats. Yeah, um, being and that look. All right, there's nothing wrong with pushing yourself as far as you can to make yourself better at anything whatsoever. But you also got to have a life. Yeah. But once you start sabotaging yourself. Yeah. And that's, and the reason that I'm saying that is because like he could have had a relationship with this chick. Mm-hmm. Now they were in college, but okay. So they, they're over all that high school bullshit. Now it may have ended like he was talking about. He may have resented her or whatever, you know, anything like that could have happened. Uh, absolutely. But there's a certain level of maturity that comes with that yeah. age that, you know, well, she tried to tell him, she's like, are you sure that's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, right. Have I done that yet? Yeah. Right. And she tried to tell him. He's like, I just got to be the greatest. I can't have you, you know, the this- director, that line that he gives, I saw some interviews with him back. Um, I watched this not too long ago. And I went and watched some, you know, behind the scenes stuff and um, like the short film that the movie's based on. It's like an 18 minute film. Um, all the same actors except for um, the kid. They had that uh, that dude that was in. Um, oh, I just said it a minute ago, Trav. I can't remember now. Where's my notes? <laughs> It was that, was it uh, a, oh, fuck. Hang on, I got it right it, here. Catch me if you can. <laughs> it's killing me. It's killing me. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. So, young Neil. So, the oh, okay, original, yeah. that Johnny Simmons. Yeah. Not No relation to JK. Yeah. But he plays Lehman in the short film. And they really, all they do is like that first encounter. Where he comes right. in there, sits down, he yells at the kid. He's like, "What are you fucking Elmer Fudd?" And he, yeah. I think he does all of this just to fuck with him. 
That's like this guy's. And they never see, here's the, they never answer this the, question here, in the movie. They just leave it open. But I'm almost the, certain yeah. that Fletcher took that folder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I he think knew. He, he yeah. knew that that kid, he said, you know this, I need visual cues. Yeah. He did it on purpose. Um, well, the way that I interpreted it was um, he was in there practicing. Dude comes in there, you know, like, so he had probably been keeping his eye on this kid for a while yeah, before making that. his presence. Yeah, yeah. Before making his presence known. Um, and he recognized talent within him. Well, he could do the swing. Um, he had that yes. swing note. Yeah. So in his, uh, Fletcher's approach to, um, motivating, uh, children or, I mean, young adults, I guess you could say his way of motivating these people is to, um, drive them to it by using like, uh, derogatory, you know, remarks and like, and that was, that was his method. Now the method worked, right? I mean, there's no doubt, no doubt about that. The method absolutely worked. And well, it mean, is to be proficient in something extremely proficient. That also comes with a certain set of a certain skill set that allows you to react to the unexpected. Mm-hmm. Say you're in the middle of performing and you notice something that would that would fuck it all up. But you keep going. Yeah. You don't break it. Like it's, it's like, it's an extreme verbally abusive and it got physical. Physical, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It it just became this very abusive relationship. Oh yeah. But it's one of those things for like the, the proofs in the pudding though. You know what I mean? Like he, he never had his great until that moment, but he had some kids that went on to be very successful musicians. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. He also had kids that went on and committed suicide and had suffered from depression and anxiety and had like PTSD from yeah. all this. It's like it kind of went hand in hand. You have your good with your bad, your successes with your failures there. Um, yeah. One of my questions is, do you think that his um, reaction to the kid telling the class that the kid hung himself and his reaction to that? Do you think his reaction was genuine? I think his reaction was, I might lose my fucking job. Right. I don't think he gave a fuck about the person. Right. Because the way he act, I mean, that in the end, that's what got him fired. Like, yeah, you know, dude comes forward right. and he's like, yeah, he's abusive. Yeah. Um, Because nobody like would ever the- do it. But I don't, I don't think he was like, you know, because it's like, all right, the kid didn't make it. The kid killed himself. He wouldn't cut out for it. Right. Well, you know, I just picture me, Fletcher being like the, that. The scene where he leans into him on the kit and he goes, I know it was you, you motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that, that signified that, like, he had been playing a game himself, yeah. too. Yeah. He got so, him up there and switched songs on him because he wanted to fuck him up because there's some important people watching the show. Yeah. And if he screws up, he's done. Um, the director did go, remember when they're sitting around the table talking to the family and they're like, you'll die fucking old, alone, broke, a junkie. The director says like, that's what happens to him. Like it doesn't end well for him later on down the line. 
You know, like he's going to have this little moment of glory here and move on to, you know, play and be good, but it's not going to end well for him. That's the road yeah. that he took. You know, no friends, just playing all the time, like yeah. not having a life, you know, want just want to be the great all the time. Um, that moment right. where the father is watching him play at the end, that's when mm-hmm. he realizes his yeah. son's gone. Yeah. This is in the words of the director. You know, that's when right. he realizes, like, he's lost him. Yeah. I mean, watching the movie through this lens, because this is like the third or fourth time that I've watched it, but this is the first time that I've watched it with this information, right? Mm-hmm. With, like, knowing the outcome of the kid, with knowing, you know, all of these kind of important cues and everything, these things that happen, it's it's very disturbing. Yeah. You know, like, the film is very disturbing. Um, and it's very sad because like, you know, I get it, man. We've all been in the situation where we want to be good. We want to be the best. We dedicate all this time and money and everything into this, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is, but we invest all this stuff into it. And then to have an outside force, you know what I mean? Kind of dictate all that and destroy all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's 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 very relatable, but it's very sad to see, like, because we know how this is going to play out for this guy. Yeah, because it, he, it all it all marches in tune with people who become slave to music. Oh yeah, most definitely. You know, I've mentioned it and, on the podcast before, but the director was in a music school and experienced a fear from a music teacher. Like, it, I'm sure it wasn't this bad. Right. But he said it was like, you know, PTSD, like, right. you know, just, you, you didn't even want to go to class. Like yeah. what's going to happen well, today? Like, am I going to be good enough? Am I, and you know, they're already hard on people that play like that, like piano and they spend their whole life trying to be like some child prodigy. They're already, you know, they're yeah. never good enough. Like no. even when they're the best, they're still like, it's not good enough. Yeah. Well, you know, they, whenever I would, whenever I had my classes, um, and I'm sure it gets only worse as the higher up you go into, you know, high end university level, you know, schooling. And, uh, you know, you see people come in that are extremely confident and you just see that get chiseled away. Like, like, like it gets broken away like styrofoam, dude. Yeah. Right. So. It's uh, there, there's that there's definitely you could tell that the people behind this movie had a you know they they, they had some sort of of yeah some yeah. sort of understanding of those situations because while some of it were were exaggerated for dramatic effect you know when you you know like when you're wanting to excel it gets to where it's very uh, it's an it's it's an obsession for the player and it's this weird masochism or not whether it's masochism or sadism from the teacher because you you the teacher knows that you've got to just you've got to drill it in the fucking person's head yeah no other there's no there's no cutting corners there's no bullshit you got to put put the work in and calling them out on that shit and just you know it's its whole it's its own little fucking down, world dude. man it's yeah. like music boot camp yeah 
more or less, right? Whenever um, I still I still think his intentions were pure, though. Oh, he was trying. I mean, he did make a great drummer at the end of I the mean, day. Yeah. The shit, he the did shit it. got out of hand, but he, yeah, he it was still extreme, succeeded. But yeah, he got his fucking well, buddy rich. This may, this may sound fucked up and this may like let everybody in on like what my mental state on all this is. But like, I don't view Fletcher as the bad guy. Like if, if you've got, you know, protagonists, antagonists, all this kind of stuff, I don't view F- Fletcher as a bad guy whatsoever. Like, I view no, him he's as... Him. He's Yeah, I view him as force. a... Yes, as a 110% motivator that takes it to the absolute extreme, yes. But he gets the results that he wants. He has a reputation that he's trying to maintain. On top of that, he's also trying to make greatness. He sees... He pulls these kids into his his choir, right, or his ensemble, right, because he recognizes greatness in every single person that he pulls into there. He's not pulling some random fucks off the street that happen to be playing a fucking instrument. He's pulling people that enroll that want to make this their lifelong career, and he recognizes something in them. And you see that through the kid whenever he's talking to his dad and everything. He's like, oh, you know, I was drumming and he came in there. It's like, maybe he'll, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you see this excitement growing in this kid as he's being recognized for who, you know, for his talents and what he's able to do on the drums. It's hard for me to say that Fletcher is the bad guy. He's a fucking dick. By all means, he's a dick. But this this kind of goes with that whole uh, participation participation trophy mentality type thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we grew up, we had people like that in our lives pushing us to do better. Yeah. Now, now people like kids now don't have that. No. So yeah, they're going to view Fletcher as the bad guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? My, my uncle, his two kids, he was their Fletcher. Mm-hmm. Like he's a preacher. So it wasn't to that extreme. You know, he wasn't like cussing at him and all this stuff. I'm sure but it was he, just a different way of doing it. Like, Yes, yeah. Still extreme, just different. Yes. And he pushed these kids to be the greatest. And like, they were great at what they did, 110%. And they because of where where we lived and everything, and because of injuries and things like that that happened, they weren't afforded the luxury that some kids are. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But they were pushed into a path that they were comfortable with and that he was comfortable with. And they grew and developed into like very respectful, you know, very respectable people. You know, Mm -hmm. like one of my cousins is a, he's a, like an assistant coach for a college team. Right. Yeah. And then my other cousin, I can't remember exactly what his job is, but he's a preacher and all this kind of stuff as well. But like he pushed them in this direction. So a lot of people, when they watch this movie is going to view this, view Fletcher as a bad guy, view him as this complete, like terrible dickhead motherfucker. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I can't do it, man. I just can't. If I had someone in my life like that, that motivated, that motivated me at things like recognize that raw talent in me, like legit raw talent, not me playing a fucking sport just to hang out with my friends and all this stuff and get pushed in that way. But like recognize the raw talent in my life and pushed me into that and stayed on my ass about that. Then yes, I would be obsessed over it and I would strive to do better. But imagine where I could be now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so. he's putting his reputation on the line. 
Yes. As, I mean, you know, it's just as much his ass as it is yours. And he's this teacher at the, the was it Schaefer? And it's the, it's the greatest music school in the country. Yes. The best one. Top yeah. tier. Yeah. Well, it's, well, what's interesting is when, when, uh, when the, you know, when the kid, when the movie starts, you know, the kids, you know, it's all optimistic and it's like, yeah, he's going to do good. It's going to be great. And then it's like, oh, you want to play music? You want to really play it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And to just like, it's that, it's that kind of, and I feel like that was the, the vehicle they wanted to use to like get you in the boat and be like, oh, you know, it might be a little tough, but that's okay. A little tough my ass, you know? Yeah. Dude, that first time where he shows up at six in the morning. Yeah. He fucked up, told him to be there early. <laughs> yeah. And he was there. Yeah. But he, he, all right, he's like, all right, everything he did was just to fuck with him. Like, yeah. And then he's like, all right, we're going to let the squeaker play next. You know, he's, well, how old yeah. is he? 19. Oh, here we go. And then he's out in the hallway and he's like, don't worry about it. It's just, we just want, you know, sleep the tempo. Like, don't worry about yeah. hitting you, you know, beats. It's just focus on tempo. Everything's cool. Asked him a look, got a little bit of fuel for the fire, yeah. you know, your father, always a writer. What has he written? Well, oh, he's a teacher. Oh, okay. And then just turned around and used that dude. When that tear went down his face, it was yeah. like, he's like, what are you? One of these single tear motherfuckers? Like, what yeah. do I look like a fucking rainbow? And I was like, oh no, yeah. it turned like, yeah. holy yeah. shit. And then yeah. he used that against you. He's like, your mom fucking left you. You know, dad's fuck when he when he realized your dad wasn't gonna be something. Yeah. I damn, dude. Yeah, right. But he stuck in and there. He did, he and then you there. can take you could take all these situations and you could apply them to like what they would mean in real life, right? Yeah. So he he tells the kid to be there at six o'clock. Class doesn't start at nine o'clock, right? Yeah. And then let's fast forward in the movie a little bit later to where hey, we've got this performance. It starts at this time. Let's be there three hours early. That's what he tells them. Yeah. Three hours early, which is three hours before class started. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because like, so these, even though his methods are fucked, these are all like legitimate fucking, like he's trying to fucking be legit on these people and like teach them these life lessons, like show the fuck up, make sure you're dressed. Don't lose your fucking folder. Yeah. Don't be a fucking, like, don't be a fucking idiot. Every you know what I'm together. saying? Like, Yeah. That's all this shit is. We're professionals now, here. Yeah. And, and I mean, all of this stuff comes into play. Everything that he was a dickhead about and everything that like he got on his ass about. Yes. It came back up in a negative way because if he would have fucking followed the directions, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And showed up three hours early. Like you told him to the first time he fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. He, he would have been fine. He wouldn't have had the car wreck. He wouldn't have fucking showed up and fucking drum like shit because he had a fucked up arm. Mm -hmm. Like, every, you know, like everything would have worked out in a better way. Like, yeah, he probably would have still had PTSD and like all this fucked up shit. He may not have been a great, he may not have become a great at that point, but the kids just as much at fault in all this stuff as Fletcher is. Yeah. So there, to me, there's no good guy in this movie and there's no bad guy. It's just a bunch of shitty people living in, living this existence. Yeah. I like, and that might be a thing too. Um, 
um, where when he comes in, he's like, oh, no, we don't have time for second chair. Uh, we're doing core today. Yeah. Neiman, you're up, you know? And that dude's yeah. like, you motherfucker. And that one guy on the piano is like, don't touch my folder. They don't think he hit it. Yeah. Um, but then at the end of that class, he's like, uh, Neiman, hang around. He brings yeah. in this kid that's a shit drummer. Yeah. Just to fuck with him. Yeah. He's like, well, you could lose just your, just because him. he's like, wait a minute now, you think you're core. Like you could lose your seat today. Yeah. You just got it. Yeah. And he said, if you want the part, earn it. So he went and fucking, he broke up with his girlfriend. Yeah. And earned Moved it. into the fucking yeah, the soundproof room. Drug his bed what? in there. His little pictures of his, you know, famous drummers that he liked. Yeah. All of his rudiment diagrams and everything. Yeah, man. And got on it. Yeah. I mean, that might be a fucked up way to look at this movie where there's no good guy. There's no bad guy. But I mean, dude, it is. It's like. If you say you're going to fucking do something, then do it. If you say you're going to show up on time, then show up on time. If you're going to make a fucking commitment, then stick to the commitment or go ahead and fucking give up and then move on. You know what I'm saying? And he shows up without his sticks. Yeah, right. It's like, dude, that's all you had to bring. Yeah, for real, Where's right? Your fucking sticks at? Yeah. You don't have a backpack or something? I know. Like, why is he fucking free? There's no way I would show shit. up without those motherfuckers. Like, yeah, right. I mean, I, we've seen him freak out over smaller shit. Like, the thing with the tuning, like... Yeah. He's like, it wasn't him that was out of tune, it was the other guy, but it's just bad enough that he didn't know. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Like, whoa. Yeah. And I love those moments that they show you to where it actually shows that Fletcher is, like, a human being. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that moment that... Talking that to the little girl... He, Yes, yeah. that was a, a very 100% humanizing moment. And then I think that legitimately him and dude sitting down at the bar and having mm -hmm. this conversation about everything, like he basically poured his soul out. Now, he knew he was going to fuck him over, but he let him know. Like he told him everything. He laid the whole fucking, you know, the, the big evil plans out right there. He's like, I just brought this dude in to fucking motivate you, dude. Like, yeah, that's all he was. He was fucking nobody. You know, like, well, in that and, thing with fucking him over, like with that last performance, like that was going to fuck him over too. Like he gave him a shot. Yeah. He put him up there and it's like, all right, what are you going to do? You don't have the music. Yeah. What are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to fucking take, I'm going to hijack this bitch. Yeah. This is my shit now. And we get caravan. A great yeah. performance of it. Right. And Fletcher, dude, when he's over there, looking at eye contact with him, this yeah. dude fucking, this motherfucker killed it. Yeah, he did. Like, like he's good in everything he does, but not like this, this. is like you know he acted his ass off in this movie. Yeah, I mean, dude, he fucking killed it. I, that final scene, man, that yeah. whole caravan scene from the time that they walk out on stage until the f film ends. Like, there's so much growth and character development with nothing being said and, and fucking tension. Yes. Oh, yeah through the roof yeah oh yeah i love that where you know i know i knew it was you the whole time they yeah. go out there new, a different song playing the song Surprise, and then he comes yeah 
and then he goes into it and he's <laughs> he fucking comes over there and he, he says i will skull fuck you yeah. or, or something like that i'll gouge out your eyes and skull fuck you and he hits that symbol and tells the fucking bass player he's like i'll cue you in let's fucking do this i br- i got brought here to play at least one song bitch and i'm gonna fucking play this yep. shit in front of the world i killed it yeah and then that Bad moment when he comes yeah after they do you know the ensemble part and he's still going and he comes up and he's like what the fuck andrew what the fuck are you doing man like like, i'll lead you in the song yeah the songs though that right there that right there was them becoming best friends yeah two became you know what like yes that was mutual fucking respect and when he said i'll bring you in he looked at him and shook his head like okay all right here we go yeah i know i know He he knew what time it was yeah, yeah. All right, here's what this is what we've been working toward. Yeah, that scene then, too, man. Where when they do that last note, and it cuts to Fletcher's eyes, and he's shaking his head. Yeah, and right. Fucking evil ass grin, like yeah, fucking did it, bitch, buddy, yeah. rich. Yeah. I mean, all right. So let's talk about this for a second. What do you think happens to both of these people? Like we know what the kid, what's going to happen to the kid way on down the road. But what do you think that their relationship was like after this? I surely they still perform together. I mean, you got to think, think it the- was done. Really? I think it's done. Yeah, uh, dude. Does he end up know, getting man. his seat on that uh, band? Because he just laid like one hell of a performance in front of all these fucking people, like. So does he yeah. get his chair? I can't remember the name of that band he wanted to play in. Yeah. You know, it was like the, you know, everybody, th- well, that was the d- dream job. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, immediately in the future. Yeah. They play, they go on and, and he's a part of dude's class. They do their great performances for however long it takes for him to, to graduate with that, you know, esteem. But in the long well, term, I think can't the teach he's, anymore. Out, he's like, yeah. And he got to expand on bring him back. Yeah. So the the stuff they were doing would would have been outside the school. I I honestly I just, I just I just felt like that moment where like the caravan moment I would please some of their art. I don't know, man. I think that I think that their arc that that was just the beginning of their arc, in my opinion, because like. You know, there all this talk about, um, you know, dude was nobody until, you know, threw a symbol at his head on yeah. him, decapitated him and all this stuff. Like, you you don't hear about the other shit that happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that that's the main focus of the film to a certain extent on a lot of these stories about these other musicians and everything. And, you know, those they said those guys went on to do greatness. Right. So I think that, that they went on. Because think about it, Fletcher's probably what in the sixties, early sixties, somewhere like that. Yeah. So realistically, he's only got ten, fifteen years left. Now, think about it like this. This is this is how my brain works, right? So dude's probably twenty five. Fletcher's probably sixty. Let's say Fletcher has ten to fifteen years left. Well, dude'll be what around in his thirty five to forty mm-hmm. by the time Fletcher passes, right? Fletcher's his driving force motivator, the one that inspires him to do greatness. Yeah. What happens they when formed, Fletcher's gone? Exactly. That's when they he falls. This, like, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. They, they form this mutual bond in my opinion to where like they fucking hate each other, but they fucking love each other at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they go on to do greatness. They go on to do what they do. And then once Fletcher's gone, then I feel like he lost his other half at that point. Like they, they might as well have been like a father, son or a married couple at that point. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then after that goes, after Fletcher's gone, then what does he have? Well, that oh, you're puts him around that dude. age where yeah, he would die. Yeah. Of suicide or whatever, whatever it may be. Yeah. Overdose, whatever it yeah. is. That that's how the story plays out in my mind. Because th- that that moment at the end of the film where he says, I'll cue you in. Yeah. It wasn't like a go fuck yourself. No. This is my shit. Fuck you. And the way that Fletcher looks at him like Adam and says, he shook his head. And he walks away and he's, he's like, okay. Takes yeah. his fucking jacket he, off, you know? Yeah. He's got Very that look mode. in his eyes. Yeah. Okay. And that was the moment where they fucking became. Everything that, was worth that, it. It was a beautiful fucking moment, man. Like those two, like right there at that, it was fucking beautiful. Everything that's that happened just, was worth it right there. Yeah. Even Fletcher, like losing his job and shit right there. That moment, he didn't give a fuck. No. He got and his buddy rich. Give, yeah. He didn't give a fuck he, that he got expelled, that he fucking assaulted this dude. Got, you know, they lost his job. All this crazy shit was going on. Like, forgive and forget at that moment. Now, Tra- you may be right, Trav, 110%. But, man, I. That's just my outlook. That's on your it, sequel in your head. Yeah. Which I'm glad they never like did anymore. No, like, no. The way no. that ends. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That's man. like with that folder though. A lot of people think that, um, the kid hid the folder, but he did, man. You watch him walk up and drop it right there. Yeah. Turns around, gets a Coke, listening to people talk. Yeah, And then the next thing you know, it's gone. And dude had just said it just a little bit ago. He's like, if there's anybody, well, that's when that guy walked up. He said, if I see another fucking folder laying around, yeah. he, said, he said, he said, get out of my fucking sight or I will destroy you. He's like, mini me, I can still see you. <laughs> that dude had some lines, man. Didn't he? Oh my God. I wonder how much of that was written and how much was improv. I will say, um. All of the that encounter that when he first comes to band practice in the short film, word for word. Yeah. Oh, really? Word for word. The thing wow. about you blowing your boyfriend and every yeah. bit of it. And when it, did you notice, like, before he walks in the room, that guy says something. He says something cunt. Yeah. And they all start blowing their horns. They're tuning, right? Yeah, and that clock's ticking down. You know, it's like ticking, yeah. ticking. He's looking around the room like, oh, shit, it's getting tense in here. And then the yeah. door just busts open. Everybody stands in. up. Yeah. He's looking around like, oh, shit. Who takes yeah. his fucking ear. I was always like, what's he listening to? You know? Yeah, right. Takes his little iPod things. Out. You know he's listening to some jazz. You think so? Gotta be. <laughs> That's the biggest mystery. Yeah, though. what's he listening to? Yeah, what the fuck is he listening to? But he definitely deserved the Oscar. I'm pretty sure the movie got something too. Yeah. Best um, best screenplay for sure, right? Yeah. And you know if that guy has that went on to do um some more shit. 
what's what's he done? Hang I, on, I had it pulled up a minute ago, and now I've I'm fucked everything up. <laughs> so. Oh, <laughs> I've clicked on it. Hold on, I'll get it pulled up. Whiplash. Oh, the last movie he directed. I don't think he wrote it. Now he didn't write it, but he directed it. Um, first man. Great fucking oh, wow. movie, you know? Oh, listen to this fucking writer La La here. La La Land. <laughs> Look at the writer and director. Lane. Yeah. Yeah. So he wrote Ten Cloverfield Lane, mm-hmm. which is fucking nutty. He wrote and directed La La Land. He directed First Man, and he's writing and directing a film called Babylon. Plot unknown, rumored to be set in period Hollywood. And the cast is Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt. Okay. This dude writes bangers. Didn't La La Land win something? It won uh, Best Picture of the Year it came out. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got a short list, but there's some bangers done, in there. Well, that fucking whiplash. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's what, to me, he wrote a film called Grand Piano. It's got Elijah Wood and John Cusack in it. Mm-hmm. A pianist. With stage fright and deers of performance under the eyes of a mysterious sniper. Holy shit. A pianist with stage fright and deers of performance under the eyes of a mysterious sniper who will shoot and kill him if a wrong note is played. Wow. That sounds pretty fucking. Uh, (laughs) It's like that movie, The Phone Booth, but with a piano player. Yeah, right. Like, whoa. (laughs) It's like, I just imagine somebody playing Beethoven very briskly. Yeah. <laughs> While well, someone eyes down the scope, you know. That might well, be it's Jason Statham. Statham. He hits a rough fucking road note, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get this cunt, you know? Yeah. Tickle the ivories, isn't it? <laughs> Tickle the ivory. You stupid cunt. There's no such thing as C-flight. If you haven't I'm seen gonna... the movie, you got to watch it. Yeah, I'm giving it a full star, man. Dude, you don't even have to be into music. No. It's just a good fucking movie. Yeah. The 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 way that the the performances amazing. The the way that it's written is fucking incredible. It's just a, it's just a great just a great film, an hour and 45 minutes, not too long, not too short. Mhm. They don't need any more time than that. No, they don't need any less time than that. They got everything out right there. If you would have had more flesh being Fletcher, then it would have fucking overstayed its welcome. You yeah, know what I mean? it was just enough. Yeah. The cinematography in this film was fucking incredible. It looks great, dude. Now, in the short film, yeah. they're in some kind of like school or something that's, you know, just yeah. looks like somewhere like we went to school. It's all white walls and. I really right. like where they shot it, man. How like that room was kind of dark. Dim, yeah, yeah, yeah. It had right. that that natural wood. That yeah, you know, everything about it was perfect. Like it looked like a school, you know, like yeah, yeah. I love the the way that they shot that last that last scene too. It's like when they come out there and he, you know, they they do the wrong song and dude says something. 
And then from the time that David starts playing the drums and interrupts him until the end of the film, nobody else in the world except for his father. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the only people that exist. Nobody matters. No, they don't show any of the band after that first performance. They don't show any, any of the audience members, nothing. The spotlight, they show it at one point, kind of an overhead view um, or like a 90 degree angle view of the spotlights all on the drummer and Fletcher. And that's it. Yeah. And then like, those are the only two people in the world that matter at that particular moment. And it's, it's fucking incredible. Yeah. The way that they did it. Well, I'll give it a snare. (laughs) I'm giving it a four, Tom. Yeah. (laughs) Giving it a high hat, a triangle, <laughs> a full high hat. He gets the coveted real estate drum set. Yeah, yeah, right. And the drums are made drum out of reels. Oh my god! You know it sounds like shit when they're fucking hitting them. Yeah, <laughs> dude's fucking. It just sounds like crumbling up plastic. Yeah, yeah. That I would scene like where to... he's training, dude. He, he's just and he keep that shot of that band aid box. Oh yeah, you right. Know? And he just keeps taking them out, taking them out. Yeah, putting them over the same sore and just bleeding all over that bitch, dude. Like, I'm sitting there like, go buy some fucking gauze and some rag. Yeah, get you some gloves, bro. Yeah, right. Some Vinnie Paul gloves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would love to see. Th- there's two things that I would like to see. I would like to see a um, jazz drummer react to this film. And I would like to see a death metal drummer react to this yeah. film. I actually saw a YouTube video where a, a jazz musician reacts to the really? movie. And he was like, it's okay. What? Yeah. That was what it movie? said in the title. He was like, it's okay. Well, you know, they're like jazz musicians, dude. They're, they're, they, they think they're superior to... Like Charles? Well, they play jazz, you know? <laughs> they just think they're better. I know. You know, like um, when he was at that table and they were all like, because he's like, he's excited, you know, well, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Oh, well, then the kid comes in, football, football, yeah, look at him. And he said, it's Division Three. Yeah. Not even Division Two. It doesn't mean yeah. anything. And they're like, oh, no, oh, goddamn, you know? <laughs> he was all happy to tell him like I'm, i finally got on the chair it's the greatest yeah you know i'm the youngest the person to ever honor. do it yeah that's something yeah and they're they like well fun. it's fucking playing drums like mm-hmm. beat but at what cost yeah. guys but at what Think you cost? can make music money playing music sometimes <laughs> you heard that right yeah but, but to be fair, the odds of someone making money playing music is so much higher than someone being a professional football player. Yeah. Right? I mean, statistically speaking. Yeah. Well, sometimes I would hit them with this. I would say, I don't know. I I kind of just like playing music. Yeah. It's kind of fun. You know? Like, even if I have to have a job and still play music on the side, that's fine with me. You know? Yeah. It's fun. Really? But yeah, Whiplash. Whiplash, man. Great. Um, Falcon Winter Soldier, though. Shit's getting real. Shit is getting real. Y'all think about this little fight? I mean, it was... uh, 
I like it how Bucky gets knocked out long yeah. enough, you know, long enough for him to beat on the other guy. And then it's like, oh shit. Cause he's stronger than him. Yeah. Rips his fucking wings off. He's like clipped him wings, bitch, you know? <laughs> but I like how they did that. They were like, he jerks up. Bucky jerks gets knocked out. Shield like, right oh, out of his hand, though. He did. They broke that arm off almost. I knew he was going to do it too. When he held that shield up, I was like, wipe the blood off of it. It's been tainted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that fucking fight scene was intense, but I mean, had to happen, right? Had to happen. Well, they gave him the chance to turn it over. So are we, uh, yeah. So are we looking at, uh, one of the first of the Thunderbolts? I think so. And Dude, it's gotta like happen. Rogue Captain America. Cause in his eyes, he's still Captain America. He's made his own fucking shield. And I'm like, that shield's not going to be as cool as the other one, but yeah. That's the imposter shield. And so and they, the, the flag smasher stuff goes down. Yeah. Just we one episode left. Yeah. You can tell. Yeah. I like that lead in. It was like, okay. Yeah. Let me ask y'all this. Oh, did y'all legit. recognize, yeah. did y'all recognize how many montages that there were in this episode? Quite a few, like oh, with the boat. Thing and- I did. That's <laughs> so funny that you bring that up, Griffin, because that was something I was going to touch on. I was like, holy like, fuck. Were, it really was. It, it, like, literally, the wind blowing got a montage. Yeah. It's like, we're repairing the boat. And this this montage took it took place over the course of a day. Like, Bucky's like, I got to catch my flight tomorrow. Cue the montage. Well, yeah. <laughs> It's well, it's the it, a lot of nothing happens. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it's that episode. It's the calm before the storm. Everybody's everybody's getting their their affairs settled because next episode's when the fucking bow, pow bang whiz fucking starts. You know. Yeah. Now, do y'all and, think uh, that we got to talk about think- Julia Lewis Dreyfus? Oh my is God. Is she yes. the woman that's going to assemble? I was waiting on. Because she comes up to them, gives them a blank card, and she's like, answer the phone. Is she going to be the person that assembles this team of people? I was trying to remember who the fuck she, her character is, and I couldn't on, on the fly. Yeah, I couldn't pull anything on the fly either. But, I mean, that could that could happen, man. Well, but she's my definitely working is, for some kind of organization. Yeah. Um, that has money. I wasn't expecting her to show nah, up. No, dude, these all. boots weren't made for walking. It's like, huh? I'm like, where, where the fuck's yeah. Georgia? The beep at, sets you know? over there. <laughs> oh, my God. She still looks good, though, right? Yeah. I mean, how old is she now? Still as snappy as ever. Yeah, I mean, she. Lo- with it. She's I 60 she years lo- old. She looks to me better now than she did in Seinfeld. Age like a fine wine, dude. Oh, Val- Val- yeah. Valentina Fontaine. Yeah, I was sitting here looking at the. She's a, some kind of special agent. So well, she walks appeared and talks in Shield. Like okay. Agents of Shield with Nick Fury, some stuff here. Well, they could be rewriting her character art for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know what I mean? Uh, not like dramatically rewriting it, but giving her more responsibility, I guess you could say. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. 
I like but, how um, they touched on the, I can't remember the guy's name, but he goes and talks to him and he's like, they locked me up. They did all these tests on me. And it's like, oh, this is fucked yeah. up. Like instead of doing that to Captain America, they did it to him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, Steve didn't have you locked up, man. Don't blame him for it. And he's like, yeah. we need to make this right. You know, people need to know. And he's like, you leave me dead. Yeah. Um, do you think that fucking imposter Captain America is going to show up at the whole flag smasher thing? There's going to be a battle in that last episode. Right. But do you think he'll show up and try to help and fuck a bunch of stuff up like he has been? I don't know if he'll help or him because. You... Well, I, I don't, don't think he'll help him. I just think he'll fuck a bunch of stuff up. Getting all up in the damn. So she's. So she's also supposed to show up in Black Widow. Ah, uh, okay. She was part of Leviathan who infiltrated ranks of S.H.I.E.L.D. So like the Russian guys, Hydra. Right? Yeah. Well, that, that would be interesting. Like, Yeah, she, she, she's, she's a Hydra agent. Yeah. So instead of like that being she the beca- Thunderbolt. She becomes Madam Hydra. Yeah. Okay. So he might be taking the part. You know, the dude that played Crossbones was like, I ain't fucking playing Crossbones anymore. You know, fuck him. Um, fuck Marvel. Like, he got real weird about it. But um, what if they, you know, use this dude as kind of the filler for that? Mm-hmm. That could be very. Or they're making their own Hydra uh, version of Avengers team. Well, the the whole Avengers team, you know what I'm yeah. saying? That'd be fucking nutty, right? All fucked up, Captain like America. A, you got a fucked up Iron like Man. A dark, a dark, like a dark Avengers. Yeah, yeah, a Nega Avengers. Easy. I can't wait to see um, <laughs> um, Falcon's new suit. You know, it's gonna be like super, like Captain America, right? Yeah, yeah. When he opened that, I was like, "You're not gonna let us see it." And y'all stuck around me, for that cutscene, right? Where he's building the shield. Y'all no, saw I that? didn't see that. All right, at the end, no. there's a cutscene in the credits, and it's um, Captain America, <laughs> and he's building a shield. He's beating out the steel and making a shield, painting it just like the original one. And then okay. it just cuts, and it's like, oh. He's mm. told him. He said, "I'm Captain America." Yeah, he ain't gonna bitch. let that go. Yeah, now that his buddy's dead, let me ask you this, Travis, real quick. Dude, it would make it would make sense because, well, I'm kind of doing a little digging because when I got to I got to thinking Dark Avengers with her, if she if they if we if we entertain the idea that she becomes like one of the new leaders of Hydra. Mm-hmm. Then that like her like them adapting stuff from Dark Rain, yeah, which happens it happen that that's post uh, I believe that's post Secret Invasion, so they could be planting seeds for that. Yeah. Well, what if they do? Or it's the that, no Dark Rain was a sequel to Secret Invasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if they're uh, also doing something in the vein of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe's? version of you know what if captain america was an agent of hydra mm-hmm. like i, I, I kind of dark avengers lines up perfectly because it's a thunderbolt 
Yeah, so. But um, let me ask you all this, though. So if Falcon's going to take over the mantle of Captain America, right? Yeah. There's no super soldier serum, right? Mm-hmm. But what if, which I know that this might contradict a little bit of what was said in the episode, but what if Bucky hooks him up with the Wakandans who hook him up with that crazy ass super flower? Mm-hmm. So in Black Panther, I know you haven't watched Black Panther yet, right, Adam? Mm-mm. Well, no, they did it. Like did all right. If I remember correctly, and you can you can correct me on this, Trav, if I'm wrong. So part of the ritual is you you like they make this like tea or something out of this specific flower that grows in Wakanda, and you drink it, and it's like their version of the super soldier serum, right? Yeah. So that's why that's all why of them were really strong. Yeah, that's okay. why like Black Panther could run as fast as Captain or faster than yeah. Captain America. He was just as strong as Captain America, like. Basic. Oh shit! I I bet that's what the fuck that is, dude. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense. Oh, I didn't and, even think about that. Yeah, because that the flower doesn't affect people from what we've seen in a negative way, like the super soldier serum could potentially do. You know what I mean? What if well, that's what's in that we, case? Well, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to run some stuff parallel right now. We're gonna have to talk to it on a narrative storytelling. Uh, perspective and on a production uh, perspective. So here's the facts that we know. Sadly, Chadwick Boseman is not here with us anymore, so we don't have T'Challa. So what if they're trying to find a way to merge Black Panther and Captain America, or at least the Falcon, into this you know, to where there's still some sort of, but he's not the leader of Wakanda, though. Right. He could still be in the next movie, oh, though. No. That would no, that would do more harm. That now, that's a bad idea in hindsight. Like that's no. Yeah. Well, I mean, but Bucky. Bucky. It's just. Be... They. I, I'm sorry. It's, I was just thinking about like how there's, like how the MCU is going to try, because that's a whole other fucking conversation on how they're going to be able to fix that. But Right. But it would make sense to me, like, because we in this episode we get everything is marked out of um, Winter Soldier's book except for the old Asian guy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Zemo said that he took his own name out of the list. And righted that wrong because, uh, and he, you know, they had their moment, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like they, they had several moments actually Zemo and, and uh, winter soldier. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we see that like, um, winter soldiers kind of becoming more personable, more approachable, you know, more humane, I guess you could say, as opposed to trying to shut everybody out. And what if like his kind of, you know, the way that I see it is his way to help Sam because he wants Sam to be Captain America. He doesn't want to be Captain America. He knows that he's got a bad stigma and yeah, that it would look negative. It. Yeah. But Sam is the, the proper one to do so. And what if his like, um, as his appreciation, he gets the flower or, you know, whatever. And then he presents it to Sam. Sam drinks it. That's how he gets his super strength. And then, 
Bucky's just going to be Bucky. He's going to be Winter Soldier, but him and the new Captain America are just going to be tag team and everything together. Here's make- my thing. How sacred is that flower to Wakandan culture? Cause well, I can't remember if it's addressed in black Panther, but check this but out. I think like it's, it's a very, like it's a very picky process. If I re- if I remember correctly, but Zemo has been delivered. Yes. And Bucky so was standing they- there talking to him. Like, we don't know what kind of deal was cut there. Yeah. You know, now they can, you know, now they've got him. I mean, I guess they'll do whatever they want to do to him. Yeah. But what so kind of part of me, part of me wasn't necessarily thinking that, uh, actually when I, when that scene happened and he opens the, the case, uh, my first thought was he got a, just a really Wakandan tech, you know, extremely high tech, upgrade of his falcon suit and it's gonna have the cap colors so that he got that case from the condoms yeah okay there's gonna be something good in there but i'll be honest getting the flower and getting like a a, his own version that's separate because like the story is whatever the story is going into him talking to uh isaiah bradley about his super you know his super soldier you know uh, experience you know they're doing a good job of trying to make it forge its own story and not lean heavily on the legacy of steve rogers anymore and i've got to commend the show for being able to kind of pull that off because i thought that's going to be really hard yeah. and yeah. they're doing a good job with it and because like even like in the montage where you have Falcon fight like he hasn't came out and said it, but everyone who watched the episode knows that he's like, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Like from the moment Bucky lays the shield down next to him, you're like, Okay. Like yeah. that was like you know, that was Bucky Bucky's way of being like, Fucking take the you're goddamn shield America, already. Dude. So yeah. But yeah, you're fucking cap. You're dude. doing it. But it but uh but yeah, they were it, it's yeah. Well, so I looked it up. So it's called the heart-shaped herb. And it says the heart, it's not the heart-shaped box, but it's the heart-shaped mm-hmm. herb. Uh, it's a plant native to Wakanda that was traditionally consumed, traditionally consumed by the new ruler and the heir to the mantle of the Black Panther in order to obtain enhanced physical abilities as well as enduring the astral plane through a ritual process. Um, it says that the herbs powers are tied to the vibranium that has been that has been uh, permeated the soul of Wakanda for thousands of years. Each Black Panther throughout the generations has consumed the herb upon receiving the title in order to gain enhanced abilities in a ceremony involving a shaman and the royal court. Using the heart shaped herb is seemingly limited to the royal family is seemingly limited to the royal family to allow them to better protect themselves and Wakanda. During the ritual combat in which any tribe or family member may challenge the heir for the throne, the heir must drink a serum to strip away the uh, capabilities of the heart-shaped herb. Uh, You know, Killmonger drank the herb. Says when Killmonger became king of Wakanda and obtained the power of the herb, he ordered the herbs burned so no one could use their powers against him. However, Nakai was able to secretly steal one of the herbs before herbs before they were all burned um so i mean 
in theory, yes, probably. I don't know. That's going to be hard, but it would be a nice way for them to get uh, Falcon his powers and um, to give him because there's such a le- there would be such a legacy behind those powers too. Yeah, like yeah. that's it would be very extra. It would be symbolically meaningful. I mean, it would it it would hit a lot of check marks. I think. Yeah. So we'll. We'll but see it's just they... it's just it's just how they it's just how they would find a way to do it and it'd be like you know you're gonna have this but you know it's this is this is extremely you know important to their people and just how the like how would they how how would that be written and written well you know right well it could be one it can't two. be like oh we struck a deal or yeah. something like that. That's that just seems like the hardest. That would be the hardest part to write. I think would be that that little bit of reasoning. Right. Well, and if I remember correctly, in one of the films, it was um, I don't remember which one it was exactly, but in one of the films, you know, when Bucky was there, did they not give him that herb as well to help, like with his process of. Because it takes you to the astral plane, right? So in order for him to kind of overcome this um, brainwashing that he was part of, if they gave him that herb, it's not going to apply the super soldier serum to him, but it may put him in the astral plane to where he can work through his, you know, Man, brainwashed issues. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, well, you know, and, and, and the reason why I really wish, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of digging the idea of like, the it being the flower though uh just because like that would be a really cool poignant way to bring in steve rogers yes um and have him communicate with him that way oh my god how fucking awesome would that be um and and have that final confirmation of like your cap dude mm-hmm. like carry the mantle you're you you're worthy you earned it you know yeah but like it would, in, yeah. In Black Panther, when he takes the herb out of him, like he sees uh, his father. He has, it's like a very Lion King situation where he sees yeah, his journey. father. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I watched the um, trip. Yeah. I assume, I assume meaningful people ha- are, like that are no longer with you, you have access to when you do yeah. this little thing. Like yeah. that's what that conveyed to me. Yeah. Well, you so, know the the shield was made out of vibranium. Yes, from Wakanda. Yeah. Yes. What if that's what's in there? Like that's his new exosuit, and it's made out of vibranium. Like I, I could because see that. we saw him rip the wings off of it. Yeah. So you need to upgrade. Oh, dude! Like they had to get ready. They had to make room for the upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. Like you want you wouldn't be able to rip the wings off of that. Like. He's and got an exosuit made of the same thing that the shield's made out of. Yeah. Wasn't there was a, a very large post box. or image made at some point where it actually showed uh actually showed uh God damn it, what's his name? The actor's name? Anthony Mackey? Yeah. Where it showed him in the, the Captain Falcon suit, yeah, basically. I've- I think that that was that uh, artist that does all those uh, mock-ups of like, you know, whenever um, Mark uh, Strong was 
And, you know, they were oh, talking about okay. him being Mr. Freeze. I think it was either that guy or someone that does something similar. And they hired that guy, right? Oh. Doesn't he work for him uh, now? I think so. Yeah, he was doing some concept art for stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. He's a fucking fantastic How badass of a job is that? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Would buy a coffee table book from him. Yeah. I'm excited for this next episode. Yeah. I'm excited for Loki to come out. Um, I love Falcon and Winter Soldier's chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, their banter, their back and forth. And the, the show's been pretty action-packed. They haven't had a lot of that... Um, a lot of banter, but when they do, I always enjoy it, of course. Um, and this show kind of feels like bridging the gap. You know, we saw how the, the yeah. how they were in Civil War, Infinity, uh, Civil War, Infinity War, and um, a little bit in Endgame. You know, they had, you know, there. But this is kind of bridging the gap to where Sam's coming to terms with who, who he is and who yeah. he needs to be. Winter Soldier's coming to terms that, like, just because he's done fucked up shit in the past doesn't mean that he's a fucked up individual. He's just got to lay the past to rest. And I think that once it moves on, because there's, there's talk that they, you know, may be another series, not to mention, you know, films and all this yeah, kind of stuff. it's definitely leading into something. Yeah. Well, what's, what's great is that the Infinity Saga was able to give us enough characters and it was successful enough that they are able to go back and there's so much, there's still so much more character development. That's, that's, that's there for the taking yeah, or making, I guess. But yeah, it's, it, it's, I feel like this, these, this show will need a second watch because I think it's kind of deceptive, man. I think this show is laying way more groundwork than it's letting on. Oh yeah, for sure. I got for a sure. few things here. The um, the arm that Bucky has, that prosthetic, did he get that from the Wakanda? Yes, because they know how to to like they disabled it. And he's yeah, like, "Did you know yeah. you could do that?" And he's like, "No." See, I didn't see the movie, so I didn't he, know if he yeah. got that from them. So, whenever Falcon's walking out of the room with the shield, the guy said, "You forgot the wings." He said, "Keep them." Yeah. I think it is going to be some other kind of suit. That's right. that box was just very large. Yeah, it was right um, and futuristic looking. You um, know, I I really like too how Marvel's been able to compartmentalize the fronts of their universe. Like you know, WandaVision is setting up the supernatural. Uh, yeah, Marvel the, the supernatural Marvel. Falcon Winter Soldier is setting up Earth. Yeah. Uh. Loki is going to set up the cosmic Marvel for a little while. Yeah. in the multiverse. And yeah. And it's, I'm, I like that each thing still feels fresh and it, it, it blows my mind that it's still continued to do so because, you know, a lot of films, a lot of these Marvel films, especially a lot of the hero films that are like the first one in their, their trilogy. Yeah. Uh, I think you, you made you know you made you made the comment a couple episodes ago, and I think it holds true. You know, we all know that each first episode, each first movie is going to be you know them versus themselves. Yeah, and it's very it's tropey at this point. Yeah, it's been tropey, I guess. Yeah, 
But when it comes to, you know, once you get past all of those first films and you get into the, you know, the the more meat of the the MCU, it, it's amazing how they pulled off adapting these comics, really. Oh yeah, and and been know, able to to tell a story and be able to keep the to keep it interesting. Yeah. And what's crazy, if you think about it, like Falcon didn't get a film. Winter Soldier didn't get a film. In the series, it's literally them against themselves against Captain America. You know what I mean? Like the one person that brought both of those people together, they're fighting. And they're also dealing with their own fucked fucked up issue. And and we're getting a resolution over the course of like what seven or eight episodes that we're getting, so six yeah, episodes, plus, whatever it is, a lot so. of character development, man. Yeah, I am I seeing like- um, articles where they're saying like there's a lot of people saying that by her showing up that they're pretty sure it's going to be the Thunderbolts and he's going to be the first recruit. Okay, because there was That's talks of them doing a show or something with that. Right. And that'll be great. Cause you know, like I like the fucking fake Captain America. Like he's a good bad guy now. He's got yeah, purpose. He's you know? Yeah. Doesn't he remind you he reminds me of this, of a young um Kurt Russell. The jawline he and the frown. He's, he's Kurt Russell's son, dude. Is it? Yeah. I didn't fucking know I that. He William looks William Russell. He looks just fucking like his ass. You know, like, I didn't know that. Damn. Spot on, dude. Yeah. That's fucking nutty. All right. You learn something new every day on real estate, guys. (laughs) Do you want to talk about some movie news? Yeah, man. Because I got a couple of things here. Um, So first up, HBO Max reportedly wants an Affleck Batman movie and TV series. Uh, the success of Snyder's Justice League has only served to strengthen the popularity of Ben Affleck's Batman, which is ironic considering the backlash from many quarters that greeted his initial casting in the summer of 2013. However, by the time Batman v Superman Donald Justice drew to a close, many skeptics were fully on board with his grizzled, cynical, and world-weary spin on The Dark Knight. After the plans to see him direct, co-write, and star in a solo movie fell apart, a lot of folks thought thought they'd seen the end of the actor's tenure as the comic book icon, especially when Affleck publicly retired from the role. Of course, he suited up to return for duty in the Snyder Cut and won widespread praise for his increased and vastly superior performance. A far cry from how clearly bored he looked in the theatrical edition during Joss Whedon's reshoot footage. The two-time Academy Award winner will be back once more in The Flash for what could be the final time, but tipster Mikey Sutton is now reporting that HBO Max wants a feature film and a limited series starring Affleck's Cape Crusader before he calls it a day. Naturally, as soon as his comeback was announced, the rumor mill went into overdrive with reports that he could be showing up across the length and breadth of the DCEU on both the big screen and streaming, but the 48-year-old hasn't committed to anything as of yet. It would be guaranteed to draw massive, draw in massive numbers and spikes, spike HBO Max's subscriber base significantly, but there's been much, so much talk 
swirling around the Snyderverse recently, not to mention countless previous tales that Affleck's deal to star in the aforementioned Batman project was ready to go, that it's best not to get too hyped until further details appear. I hope it's the dream. I hope that it fucking That's happens, what I want him to do. Well, you I know, mean, they would be... he had a movie that he wrote that was based yeah. on the original, like after, you know, the first Justice League. Yeah. And yeah. it got canned because, you know, oh. didn't get that movie, different movie. And he didn't want to do it because it wouldn't have made sense leading into that with the movie we got before. Yeah. But now, because, dude, like, just think, dude, a movie or a show leading up to a movie where, you know, Batman dies. Yeah. Superman kills him. And then Superman's like, what the fuck did I do? And he fucks up Darkseid. Yeah. So I hate to interject and backtrack, but we're, 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 this is on the record and I can't live my, with myself. It's not William Russell. His name is Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell's <laughs> kid. And, you know, people, like, so I'm just saying, it just, it, 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 it bothered me. I got you. So, but, we got a real yeah. estate backtrack. Mm hmm. i think that it's a fantastic idea and i think that if they don't move forward with letting snyder come first of all complete his original idea because i've got some movie news on that here in just a second uh and then also letting affleck at least give him the opportunity to make his film the way he wants to Um, make it yeah and then a series would be fine as well man i don't see any issue with you know, with him being in a series, I mean, it. and to me, imagine this, right? So imagine they take the nightmare stuff and they turn that into the series. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And then they let him do the the film, because think about it, him and it was him and Deadshot, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So him and Deadshot fighting off against each other. Some crazy shit happens. Deadshot's in the nightmare shit, right? Yes. So it would be the perfect lead-in because you would... Yeah, yeah. So it would be the perfect fucking lead-in. It would be the perfect way to bring this character along with any other characters that are featured in that Batman film because I'm sure Joker will make an appearance at some point. You know, and that's really all you need because everybody else that's there are all heroes to a certain extent, right? So, like... Uh Let's let's fucking do it, and man. And everyone that saw that dream sequence was like, I want to see that movie. Yeah, right. We're bat we're fucking jokers like, who'd be here to give you a reach around? Yeah, right. And where so, Batman said fucking. Yeah. Batman's dropped the F bomb, dude. Yeah, he don't give a fuck. He's in fucking post apocalyptic mode, yeah. dude. And they're running for don't, Superman. Yeah, for real. Like, if you're ever going to say fuck, that's the time to do it. Yeah, right. Fucking Superman. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, on the heels of that news, we have this. Um, so Snyder's Justice League trilogy would have ended with a Flashpoint-style reboot. So now that Zack Snyder's Justice League has released, fans can finally see where Snyder saw the DCEU headed under him. The filmmaker had always planned on a five-arc saga that started with Man of Steel and ended with a Justice League trilogy of films. During an interview for Justice Con, DCEU storyboard artist Jay Olivia confirmed that the saga would have ended with an in-universe reboot that would have allowed different actors to play new versions of the main superheroes. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the plan 
was that they would do like uh, the four or five parters and then we would do a flashpoint kind of reboot where you can bring in a new cast afterwards dude that uh, is such an alpha that's such an alpha move he knew he knew that warner brothers would change his his the look and tone of his universe yeah once they branched out into other properties so he, he, he straight up was like, you know, I was going to end it to where you could, you fucking impatient fuckers. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> I know. It says here, ever since the critically divided reactions to Batman v Superman, there had been rumors that Warner Brothers was unhappy with the direction Snyder was taking the DCEU in and was looking for ways to reboot the whole thing and start afresh. According to Olivia, the initial plan seemed to have been to let Snyder have his five-movie saga and then hit the reboot button on the DCEU by making use of the Flash's ability to reorder timelines and create alternate worlds. Whatever the initial plans might have been, the DCEU is a much more uncertain place today. No one seems to be sure what is canon and what is not. Upcoming movies in the franchise seem to have little connection to each other and may even exist in separate universes. Studio has also confirmed that there will be no more installments of Zack Snyder's Justice League, but that has not stopped fans from demanding that Warner bro- that Warner allow filmmakers to restore the Snyderverse. Some say the fan campaign is going to be futile, but that is exactly how Zack Snyder's Justice League came into being in the first place. For his part, Snyder has stated that he is grateful for the support, but does not know it will will does not know if it will yield results. It is a concept that I think shows uh, reverence for the work. And that way, whatever it results in, I have no idea. Most likely nothing. The reverence for the work is something I would never dismiss or in any way say I don't respect. Of course, I would give my entire effort to support. If someone says to me, no matter who that person is, if they say to me, I really love that thing. I wish you would make another one. I'm personally not the person who says, forget it. Because I think that it is rude. So, I mean, he put on a silver fucking platter, like you said, Trav, on a silver fucking platter. Like, think about it. They let Chris Nolan come in and tell his Batman story, right? And Nolan was like, I'm going to tell my Batman story. I'm not going to have it connected to anything else. It's going to be its own thing, and that's going to be the end of it. And then Snyder was like, I have this idea, and I want it to be my own take on the Justice League, my own take on Superman, my own take on Batman, and I want to do a five-film a five film arc. You gave Snyder three, let, or you gave uh, Nolan three. Let me have five. At the end of it, I'm not going to leave it to a fucking bat plane driving a fucking nuclear bomb off into the fucking sunset. And then Alfred in London seeing Bruce Wayne, fuck that. I'm going to work it into the story to where it completely resets everything. You can bring a whole new cast in all new writers, all new directors, and you can do what you want to do. Let me start the universe and end it. And then you take it from there and do whatever you want to with it. Yeah. Let me finish my story. And they fucked that up. Like if they would have just set the fuck back and let him do what he wanted to do and let the people bitch and complain all they fucking wanted to, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's, it's fucking infuriating. I man. think we'll see some more. It is fucking infuriating. 
Well, right now I saw an article earlier. I didn't post it in here, but I did see an article earlier <clears throat> that said that they are now starting to film Flashpoint right now. Like this week. And it's been it's taken years for them to get Flashpoint off the ground and to get all this shit going with it. But they're doing Flashpoint now. So to me, I don't I'll I'll say this. I want the more the Snyderverse. I want the Affleck Batman and all that shit. I don't know if it's gonna happen, man. I think that um I think that um You think Ben Warner Affleck's Brothers gonna be Warner, like, nah, Warner Brothers that. is extremely they are extremely uh close to the chest on their Batman usage. Well but they're the ones that want it. It's Warner yeah. Brothers that was like, We want a movie and we want the show. It was Warner Brothers that said that, right? It was HBO Max. Okay. So But, but I mean like in terms of using it to essentially continue the Snyderverse. Which is what it would be. Like that that's if that's the case and we get a Ben Affleck, you know, Batman, like it would have to come right off the hills of Justice League. Yeah. Oh yeah. It'd be right after that. And 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 Justice League is left on such a level that it can't be ignored and just glossed over as oh that happened. Oh, I met Martian Manhunter, and I haven't talked to him since. No big deal. Yeah. I want it all to happen, man, but I think that Warner Brothers is too fucking prideful and spiteful to be able to let that happen, man. Well, even though that is absolutely true, I think, before that's even considered, they're just too, they're too greedy. Well, I mean, and they've also, and they've also already, it, well, and that's that that that's not even that's a, that's a given, man. The real bullshit is that they've already sabotaged it so badly that it can't be it can't be really fixed. Yeah, not on a level that they're willing to spend. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens, man. But it just like the more and more reports that we get about how Snyder wanted to do his universe and he was laying everything out, it just makes me that much more upset with how this and whole fucking it, situation shook down. And what sucks even more is that I genuinely think that Robert, Robert Pattinson Batman film is going to be good. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think For it's sure. going to be good, but it sucks that it's coming out at a time when the, the want for the, the Snyder versus Batman is still yeah. like, it's a thing right now. The want for more of that dream sequence. Yeah. Him and the Joker and fighting Superman. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's there's typically two avenues of Batman, and we're getting it, it seems. We have the crossover Batman, which isn't as grim dark. It's there, but it's not, you know. And then you have the solo Batman where it's just Batman in his robes gallery. Like it's almost like it's almost like Batman's t- it's got two different universes going on. Like Gotham City is a universe in and of itself. Yeah, right. Yeah, I agree. And 
I mean, I, I mean, I really don't see a reason why they can't juggle two Batman properties at the same time. Well, they where can. you have an in universe with the Justice League, and then you just continue on with these solo Batman yeah. runs, where you know. Have them a trilogy against Riddler. Give them a trilogy against Penguin. You keep just keep going. It's fucking yeah. Batman, dude. Like right. people love the shit. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens, man. I just I want all of this shit to happen. I'm fine with Pattinson and it being its own universe. I'm fine with the Flashpoint shit. Like just let's do it all because here, at the end of the day, it's gonna make money. Mm-hmm. That Batman movie is gonna make all the money. Yeah. That Flash movie, oh, it's, of, it's gonna be it's gonna be the movie of the fall, dude. Yeah, the Flash movie, off like, of the hills, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, dude! After being completely redeemed, yeah, by Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, it, dude! It's gonna make a ton of money. Asses are gonna be oh. in seats, man. It's the same guy playing the Flash in Flashpoint. Yeah, yeah. I it's wish Ezra not gonna redo that. Yeah, so. But anyway, I mean, we're getting all these. We're getting. We're still getting Snyderverse related material, and yeah. they don't want to continue the Snyder. It's. It doesn't make sense. Well, they don't have their shit together over at Warner Brothers at all. That's the problem, man. So, but anyway, I'm going to move on to the next little titty bit here. So they're working on. Yeah, they're working on the Fury Road, Mad Max Fury Road prequel film called Furiosa. Oh, so, goddamn Tom. Yeah. It says Furiosa is biggest shoot in Australia's history. Damn. Fury Yeah. Fury Road prequel begins filming in 2022. It says Thor Love and Thunderstar Chris Hemsworth has taken to social media to celebrate major developments in bringing Mad Max Furiosa to the big screen. It has been revealed that the project will be the biggest movie shoot in Australia's history, with Furiosa set to receive massive financial incentives from federal and state governments when it begins filming in 2022, with pre-production soon to get underway. Uh, this is I the hope quote. George Miller goes fucking crazy with this motherfucker. Right. Says, great press conference discussing Mad Max Furiosa. Huge thanks to George Miller and Doug Mitchell for the opportunity and state and federal government for all their support and making it all possible to shoot here in NSW, Australia. Can't wait to kick it off. Going to pour my heart, blood, uh, my heart, soul, blood, sweat, and tears into this one. Uh, Returning director George Miller is reportedly prepping to begin filming in New South Wales in 2022 and has praised the respective governments for their support. The support of the federal and New South Wales governments were pivotal. They made it possible for the film to be greenlit, shot in Australia, and for the production to be based in our home state. Um, Because, dude, everyone, even in government levels of office, are like, hell yeah, make a Mad Max film. Yeah, let's fucking do this. That's how much people love Mad Max, dude. Fucking And fucking Crimsworth's gonna be in it. Yeah, I'm talking about. It says Hemsworth. It says is he going to be playing uh, an iteration of Max in this one? Well, right here it says Furiosa will take place long before the events of Fury Road, following the titular rebel warrior and exploring the origin of the character long before she became 
the inspiring operator of Immortal Joe's War Rig, and joined forces with Tom Hardy's Mad Max. With Tom Hardy's Mad Max, George Miller is returning to co-write, direct, and produce the project alongside his longtime Oscar-nominated producing partner Doug Mitchell. The Queen's Gambit star Anya Taylor Joy has been set has been cast in the role of the younger version of Furiosa, hey. taking over from Mad Max Fury Road star Charlize Theron. Uh, the first thing that so here's my the thing. So, so there's no Mad Max. Well, well, we talked I'm, about I'm this that. movie a while back that they were going to yeah. do a movie based on her. So, yeah, gotta have a problem with it being a Mad Max film with no Mad Max. I think Call Chris Hemsworth is going to be the guy that she, you know, teams up with. Well, here it says details of the Chris Hemsworth role have yet to be revealed. However, a recent casting description leak claims that the actor will start as a character named Dementus, who is described as a man in his 30s, 40s, is breathtakingly handsome and possesses an angel's face scarred by a deep forehead wound stitched together with shiny chrome staples. Watchmen star Yaha Abdul-Mateen II will also star in this post-apocalyptic prequel. Several details regarding Miller's approach to the movie have also now been revealed, including the idea that it will span several years. Whereas Fury Road essentially happened over three days and two nights, this happens over many years, Miller revealed. You try to make films that are uniquely familiar. This will be familiar to those people who know Mad Max, and in particular Fury Road, but also it will be unique. So I'm guessing that Tom Hardy has probably... will. Maybe not Tom Hardy, but a you know some someone will essentially play Mad Max. There will and be a I, Max analog. Well, I think that this is probably going to start taking place either during Thunderdome or um, Road Warrior, because it's going to take place over the the course of several years, Re- like in the timeline of everything. Like when exactly does Fury Road take place. Well, well, well what Matt, does he mean by se- what does he mean by several years too? Like, dude, they could go so far as to harken back to the original movie where, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Still like, fresh, by, you know. By having that yeah. actress, dude, she's like way younger than Charlize yeah. there, and like she's very young. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I think that this is going to be someone else. Like it's going to Mad Max is going to be, he may not be in it physically, but what's happening with Mad Max and all the adventures that he's been on is going to be covered through the eyes and the ears of Furiosa. Well, it's, it, she, it's going to be, it's going to be her becoming a road warrior. Basically. Yeah. Come up and yeah. yeah. And because I mean, it's a reboot, but with her, um, I think uh, I don't know. Maybe I mean I, I mean I, I don't say I said that with with like a damn it, but no, I don't. I don't I'm not. I'm excited for it because I know that George Miller's not going to let you down. <laughs> like every, yeah. all of his Mad Max universe films are fucking incredible. Even yeah. Fury Road, like there, it's going to be good. Like I'm, I don't have to have an expectation bar for this, you know. Well, and I think that they've, with Fury Road, they conveyed the idea that Mad Max himself is timeless, right? 
Like, yeah, it's a, it's such an over the top character with an over the top world. Yeah. So I think the idea of Max is going to live on forever as long as they want to continue making Mad Max films. And I think that they're going to explore the Mad Max character from an alternate perspective with Furiosa being in the title role. I mean, I mean, Mad Max is an adjective now. Yeah, right. I see in a lexicon, you know. The thing that Miller said about it, he said that um, Fury Road takes place over three days and two nights. But this yeah. new movie is going to be a saga. It will happen over many years. Yeah. So, like... I mean, bring it on, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, we may have, like, him, uh, her, you know, maybe starting her journey in the first Mad Max, and we see some glimpses that harken back to that. Maybe she sees the Road Warrior shit from a distance, and she's like, what the fuck is going on over here? Maybe she, like, visits the Thunderdome. You know what I'm saying? Like. Who well, knows? it just shows that she's been kind of running a parallel life to Max. Yeah, and their their points finally converged in Fury Road, unless Fury Road takes place before. I mean, like the timeline, it may be defined out there, but I'm not sure what that timeline is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, but but that's exciting. I'm excited about it, and I think that we'll like. They don't want to give any spoilers away, and I think that the biggest thing. They may show it in a trailer. They would be smart if they didn't and just left it in the yeah. film. Is going to be Mad Max either influencing the story in one way or another. Maybe because, like, her life is fucked up because of all the shit that Mad Max has done. Could you imagine? Well, here's the thing. I don't, you know, with the possibility that the movie could not spawn more sequels, I feel like they would have to, you know, it, it would... If it's going to be a prequel to Fury Road, then it would clearly end in her imprisonment. Yeah. So, uh, Immortan Joe, I think. Yeah. That motherfucker, Cray Cray. But anyway. So. Yeah, right. We'll find I'm excited. Like, in, uh, 20, but, but with that being said, it's like. Well, like when they do the year skipping, that sucks. It takes, it's going to take that long. Yeah. But. It's June the twenty third, twenty twenty three. That's the that date so far. I'm yeah. cool with it. So uh, there's some rumors going around, guys. Uh, Amelia Clark may be playing Spider Woman in Secret Invasion. Oh. It was announced earlier today that Amelia Clark will make her Marvel Cinematic debut in the Disney Plus series Secret Invasion, and many fans are hoping. She'll be playing the Jessica Drew version of Spider-Woman. As of now, it's unclear who Clark will be playing as only the news of her casting was announced. It's easy for many Marvel fans to picture her as Jessica Drew, and this has led to immense speculation that this could be the role that Clark will be portraying. Are we going to see Amelia Clark play Spider-Woman? Please, I want it, one fan tweeted. So. Um, and then there's a shitload of tweets and, of yeah, of her playing and I I'm okay with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I always like spider woman. So I'm interested to see, you know, who, if they choose her to play her, then I'm fine with it, man. But I just want to throw Cause I think last week we talked about it a little bit that Ray, um, yeah. Daisy Ridley. Uh huh there were rumors going around that she may be the fans want her cast as uh spider woman. 
I'm fine with either one of those choices. So yeah, let's do it. let's let's fucking do it, guys. You know. So next on a little bit of a different note here, Boy George biopic biopic Karma, you say. yeah Karma Chameleon moves forward at Millennium will shoot this summer. Um, so it's taken another step forward after moving from MGM to Millennium Media. Along with the switch in studios comes the news that the movie is eyeing a shooting start date for this summer. In a video interview with Deadline, the Culture Club frontman spoke about the project while teasing a couple of different names for the cast, including John Wick star Keanu Reeves. Mm. Um, hello, I'm Boy George, and I'm very excited to announce the movie of my life and Culture Club called Karma Chameleon and uh, will be shot this summer in London and around the world. Boy George says, and already on board, uh, Danny Mays, one of my favorite actors playing my father. And there's rumors of Keanu Reeves popping up, popping in name drop. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) Hey, I want to watch it. Sure. Whenever we made our list of biopics, we would like to see, um, Boy George wasn't one that I thought of, but no, but I'm down. I mean, I'll watch it. Yeah. I mean, you know that dude had, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know that that dude had a, had to have a very interesting life, right? Very interesting. So, I mean, I'm cool with it. What if Keanu Reeves plays him? (laughs) Whoa. You know, Oh my goodness. (laughs) I would imagine that one. The only thing better than that would be if uh, Nicolas Cage did it. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Here's a little bit more. I'm just imagining Nicolas Cage singing, Do you really want to hurt me? (laughs) That would be the... Do you really want to make me cry? Do you? (laughs) It would be so funny. sounds like some dialogue from one of his movies, like, yeah, right. You really want to make me cry? <laughs> um, on some other random fucking movie news here, we've got so Rob Zombie's doing the Monsters movie. I had I no didn't idea that. this was a thing. So, like, yeah, but I'm not. I mean, are we? Are you guys really surprised? I'm down for it too because I love the show, the movies. Like, yeah, always been a fan. He's always he's always name dropped the monsters in a lot of yeah. his interviews, and um, it just it makes sense. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm excited to watch it. So Rob Zombie's reported the monsters movie is now rumored to be headed straight to streaming as a Peacock exclusive. The latest rumors on the project were reported by Bloody Disgusting last month. The outlet Murphy's Multiverse reported that the House of a Thousand Corpses director. <laughs> was set to make a new live-action movie adaptation of the Monsters for Universal Pictures. While the news still has yet to be officially confirmed by Zombie or the studio, word at the time was shooting was scheduled to begin in Budapest in May. Now, a new rumor reported by Bloody Disgusting potentially sheds some new light on the story. According to the outlet, the plan for Rob Zombie's Monsters movie is for the project to be developed for NBC Universal streaming service Peacock. Potentially, the movie will also premiere in theaters courtesy of Universal Pictures Home Entertainment on the same day it starts streaming on Peacock, similar to what Warner Brothers has been doing with new releases at HBO Max. The rumor also reports that the budget for the Monsters by Rob Zombie is in the $30 to $40 million range. 
When the story was first reported by Murphy's Multiverse, it was revealed that the cast would include Sherry Moon Zombie as Lily Monster, mm-hmm. a fucking course, and Jeff Daniel Phillips as Herman. Uh, frequent zombie collaborators Daniel Roebuck and Richard Brake were also said to be cast in undisclosed roles alongside George Garcia and Cassandra Peterson. Um, White Zombie is known for his excessive, violent, and vulgar movies. His appreciation for the monsters is well known among his fans. He previously covered the show's iconic theme song, while another one of his most popular tunes, Dragula, is a direct reference to the series. The car, um, right? Yes. Yeah. And then it goes into what Zombie's done and what mon- the monsters is for people that didn't grow up with fucking TV land. So, um, I would love to see him do. I don't want it to be grimdark, dude. No, I want it to I be. Think he'll honor it. Yeah, dude. I hope so. It'll have that campiness to it. That... Like th- this has got this has got passion project all over it. Yeah. Well, and right maybe now, man. like maybe this will give him the opportunity to um, show his range a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it may help him get that Groucho movie made. Oh, man. You know what I mean? Every time I see a, a Rob Zombie article, I'm like, is it the Groucho movie? Yeah, right. So um, I maybe it will. I mean, if he does something completely out of what people know him for, I think that that would only help further his career. Yeah. And I know that he's he's in his comfort zone, but like <clears throat> realistically, how can you give someone that's made just exclusive, like R-rated extreme horror films, the rights to do a biopic about like Groucho? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I get it. I get why that that would may not be considered, but but you know he was nice. right there with him at the end, like yeah, trying to help him out because he was broke. I can't remember what podcast that was on. We heard those interviews of him talking about it, but he like he was right there at the end of Groucho's life, like trying to help him, you know, get his yeah. finances in order. Like he was broke, he was yeah, old, lonely, yeah, you know, washed up, and like you know he's gonna touch on that. So oh yeah, yeah, it'll be dark, yeah, in a way. But that's but that's okay though. You know what I mean? Like if it needs to be dark in certain aspects, it needs to, because like human nature is dark anyway. Right. Yeah. So like life well, can be dark. Yeah. For real. So, but I'm down for that. Yeah. So this is the big news that I wanted to touch on this week. Alfred Molina teases doc. Ock de-aged return in Spider-Man. No way home. So this is what he had to say. Well. It was wonderful. It was very interesting going back after 17 years to play the same role, given that in the intervening years, I now have two chins, a waddle, crow's feet, and a slightly dodgy lower back. Uh, Molina then confirms that he is reprising the same Doc Ock he played in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2, and not a reimagined version of the character. Asked how this could be the case, as Doc Ock died at the end of Spider-Man 2, Molina noted, in this universe, no one really dies. According to Molina, director John Watts told him that the movie will pick up from that moment in the river, referring to the cinematic, the the climactic scene in which Doc Ock mm. apparently drowns himself along with the reactor before the city is destroyed. 
The obvious issue is Molina reprising the role. He is uh, the role is that he physically looks a little different after 17 years. When expressing these concerns to Watts, Molina says he was giving a rather simple response. He just looked at me and said, do you see what we did to Robert Downey Jr. and Samuel L. Jackson? I don't have the same uh, physicality that I had 17 years ago. That's just a fact. Um, says This is another quote. I then remembered that it's the tentacles that do all the work. My basic physical moves as Doc Ock, as the actor, is just this, Claire's intensely. Mm-hmm. I just do that a lot, and the arms are doing all the killing and smashing and breaking. I'm just going glaring, <laughs> glares intensely with a kind of mean look on my face. It was fantastic. So, I mean, multiverse confirmed, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure I called the point that's going to be used. Like, nailed it. That shit drops December the 17th of this year. Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought we were going to have to wait a long ass time. Give us. So he's already filmed. Yes. I think that they might have wrapped on filming already. If not, they're damn close. I like that they give it back to him, man, because nobody's going to be able to play that like him. No. His voice, everything about it. Yeah. The fucking glasses, like. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Like, right. I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited to see this film. And like, you know, we've already got like, you know, J Jonah Jameson. That was a huge thing in the last Spider-Man film. And then now we're, you know, we're going to be getting, um, uh, Doc Ock. And then there's, you know, rumors that, you know, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire and all these other people are going to appear in it. And it's like, Whatever that they're doing and the, whatever they decide to do, I'm down for it. And this just like reaffirms everything. Because how many you know episodes of the podcast did we do where it's like, oh, rumors on set for Spider Man that such and such is, yeah. you know, it's like why why the fuck is Doc Ock there? Like, yeah, just hanging you know, why out. The fuck, yeah, why the fuck is Andrew Garfield there? Don't he have a hacksaw ridge to go and save? You know what I'm saying? Like, like we got we got to do something here. Um, but yeah, multiverse confirmed and the sooner, the better I'm excited for this film. And if they push this, this could be, this could be the Spider-Man film of all Spider-Man films. Yeah. Yeah. And it can certainly build up to, uh, Sony being able to do whatever the fuck they want. Silver platter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Another silver platter moment. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. But imagine like, all right, let's let, let's dial it back a little bit here. And let, let's talk about Spider-Man 2 versus Spider-Man 3, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say, all right, Spider-Man 2, Doc Ock plunges himself into the river with that arc reactor thing, right? Yeah. And he saves the day. And then we get Spider-Man 3. Okay, if we go back, to Spider-Man 2, and we stop that from happening. Like, we stop, let, let's, you know, we stop Doc Ock from dying in that moment. Mm-hmm. What's the ramifications of Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? Because that's going to split the timeline right there, right? Yeah. 
So mm-hmm. that's all. That's what I'm looking at here. I'm looking at okay, if he comes back and he doesn't actually die, and it's a, it's very heavily implied that he died in Spider-Man Two, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah. So they could use that as a jumping off point to erase everything in Spider-Man three and basically pretend like it didn't happen. Like we were talking about last week. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're fixing the, all the fuck ups, you know? Yeah. From 17 years ago. Yeah. Like legit, you know, that's crazy. That's been that long. I know, man, it's fucking nutty. But yeah, I wanted to hit on that because we did talk about, you know, the Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, you know, Tobey Maguire stuff for a pretty good bit last week. And and this kind of confirms it. And if if they they could do Spider-Man 4 at that point with Sam Raimi and just ignore other shit happened, because in that world where they pick up, it may not have ever happened. Yeah. So we're getting okay. Spider-Man 3 again, like... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on this whole fucking timeline kick because I had this conversation with my brother and cousins the other day about how um, the multiverse works and how the timeline splits work and all this kind of stuff and how like, you know, them going back in time and end game fucked everything up. But then Steve Rogers going back and returning everything as soon as they took it, but he stayed back in time. But did he really take it back to where it was supposed to go? Like, if you don't know, so it fucks everything up. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like anything could happen. So, you know, same thing with, uh, you know, with um, Deadpool and Cable. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's all the movie news I've got. Uh, have you guys seen or read or heard anything lately? I don't have anything. Nothing hasn't already been addressed, man. Well, hell, I'm ready to get on to these motherfucking movie trailers. And we need to save that second trailer, in my opinion, for the last trailer. Oh, yeah. Shang-Chi. Shang-Cha. Shang-Cha. Everybody Wang Chung tonight. I'm, uh, you know, I'm excited for what Marvel's over there doing, though, man. You know, yeah, more Baines. Um, I dropped this uh, after we did the last episode because it's got our boy in it. Which one? Mads Mickelson? Yeah. Playing the lead. Okay. I love him. I don't know if we talked about it enough last week, but I love Mads Mickelson. And I'm ready to watch this trailer. And it's Man. a full run. Is it? Is it sub subtitled? Hang on, I'm having <laughs> some kind of weird. Keeps every time I try to rewind it, it just starts playing again. Oh, wait a minute. All right. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play.
the plot thickens. Got good face acting. <laughs> what is that guy? <laughs> you know, I love shit? the way Madden Rickerson looks. Holy shit, he's going taking on him, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Mads Mickelson always looks mad. He does. He's just he got a mad face. Yeah. Looks like a banger. I'd give it a watch. It looks pretty fucking good, man. Like, for real. It looks like it's slightly seasoned with a little comedy. Yeah. Yeah. A little dark comedy, you know what I'm saying? Is this Frasier? Is that Frasier? It is. It looks like him. It looks just fucking like him, right? It's gotta be Kelsey Grammer, dude. Yep. Yeah, it says Golden Globe winner Kelsey Grammer stars in the inspiring coming of age story. We'll be the judge. Yeah, let's do it. All right, three, two, one, play. The space between. One of those films. <laughs> so he's like old head recording artist gone mad is he huffing that shit Oh, he drugged him. He's eating a spaghetti sandwich, dude. Yeah. Been there. Never thought I'd see Kelsey Grammer smoking a joint. Yeah. Too many drugs, dude. Too too much. Well, how much money do I have? 
Yeah. Because if I'm a millionaire, fuck it. This has a little bit of a Brian Wilson kind of. Yeah. He's going to write a hit song, Windows. Yeah. <laughs> looks experimental. <I> mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looks good, though, man. I've, I want to see Kelsey Grammer do something like that. You know, yeah, that like, is different for him. Yeah. He's not like, good God, Niles. Yeah. <laughs> so, flashback starring Dylan On o- the floor. Yeah. Dylan O'Brien. Ooh. I'm ready. Ready when y'all are. Yeah. All right, three, two, one, play. Rated R. Drug content. Mild violence. Then don't be. Was she even a real person? Obsessed much? Where's the money, Lebowski? This dude just doesn't know how to handle his high. Mm-mm. When they were having those well, flashbacks, so, it reminded me of that. Uh, I remember that trailer with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah, where they were getting high on some kind of drug? I, st- I don't yeah. think that's come out still. Really? I don't think so. Hold on. It's not Project Power. Watch that. That was a different. 
Sure, I'm sure. looking at his thing here, dude. I don't think it's come out. I, I didn't want to get off on that, but whatever happened to that, you know? Yeah, I remember right. the trailer. Was it 7,500? No, that's the plane. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, they get hijacked. It wasn't Snowden. It wasn't the night before. Oh, dude. All right, I'm going to search for know. it. Joseph Gordon Levitt drug movie. Yeah, he was taking some kind of pill and like tripping out. <laughs> that, that was your keyword search? Yeah. yeah. Y'all remember the trailer, right? Yeah. So everything is That's coming true. up as Project Power. No, there was a movie. There was a movie, dude. We watched, and it had he was the star. Yeah, I watched Project Power. We watched that. Yeah, we did on the pod. I don't know. I'm gonna track it down. All right, see what you can come up. They might have blacklisted it. We or saw something. the trailer. Yeah, you know, and then that was just it. Fucking Don John, you know. Yeah. Right. Don John, fucking Don John, dude. Fuck it, dude. I'm ready for uh, Annette here. It's got Adam Driver. This is going to be a real fucking contender for a Golden Globe or something. I have that feeling. Drama movie. <laughs> yeah. Right here you are. Yeah. All right, three, two, one, play. Film festival. <laughs> Fast and four. What? This looks strange. What? That was dude from uh what you call it? Big Bang Theory? Yeah. A little nerdy guy? Well, they're all nerdy guys, but <laughs> what the fuck, dude? All right. I mean, I'm so interested. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on there. Um, right. What was he doing with yeah. that? He was like holding that baby in his arm. This is my baby. And he blows smoke out. Yeah, he's like smoking a fucking joint or something. I don't know. Fucking vaping. I think 
It looks like it's um, an adaptation of a play. Yeah. But maybe it's not a real play. Maybe like maybe it's all the in play. Yeah. Well, maybe the play in real life is bleeding together. It's like something like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We've watched too many movies. I'm fucking super excited about this next trailer, guys. Like, y'all have no idea. Yeah, we got another uh, Fast and Furious. It's just called F9. Another one. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. This is trailer number two? Yeah. Uncle Jesse commented on it. I haven't laughed. Yeah, I haven't laughed so loud in a long time. It's Dom's brother. All right, now I'm excited to see this. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Uh, Are y'all ready? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Three, two, one, play. How many do y'all think they'll make? (laughs) Fifteen. This is like real, like happy, like. All eight of them. (laughs) Dude. Okay. No, that's the milkman's baby. So now they have to go up against Dom's brother? Yeah. Well, sibling rivalry over here yeah (laughs) and Dude, it would pull the car apart. Yeah. Like, yeah. How do they work? Not like that. They watch too much Breaking Bad. Yeah. Negative one. It worked in the dark night. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Did did he? Because I don't remember seeing this guy at any of the no. races out in the desert. Is he in a jet? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, he's in the truck. Dude. He hopped out the window. <laughs> All right. Dude, guys, for real, Bro. what the fuck are we going to defend us or the fucking Fast and the Furious? All of them. I know there's a lot okay. of people out there that like these movies, but dude, they're scraping <laughs> the bottom of the barrel now. It ain't going to make it to 15. The, they're the, already the, like I, running like what if dom's brother shows up and he him and dom like you know got this kind of rivalry thing and he's the villain he's like a bond villain but he's dom's brother and it's like why yeah. was he never mentioned like he seems like he's got money and he's like powerful it's like dom was never like let me go see if my brother will help no nah, dude the, the, this is how they explain it they had a falling out mm-hmm. and dom's like i never want to speak to him again yeah Next time I see you, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, and that's it. That's all they got to do, and that explains it away for you. You're la familia no more. Yeah, the normal Fast and Furious crowd be like, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, we've got to do all these (laughs) and stuff and pick this shit apart, man. Say no more. That makes sense. I mean, you know it's going to be a silly good time, right? The last one I saw, I think, was the third one, was the Tokyo Drift. Yeah. And I thought I, that first I, one, dude, was good. Yeah. You know, Nissan Skyline. Yeah. You know I right. was picking that bitch on Need for Speed. Right. Get that Nissan Skyline. Get that Paul Walker with that drift. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, God. this is going to be number nine. If we put Hobbs and Shaw in there, that's 10. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just saying, dude, that's two and a half months worth I'll of watch them back movie. to back. Yeah, dude, we've got to. If we sit through all of these movies and not the goddamn James Bond set, I'm going to be pissed. We're going to watch those too, but there's more of those. <laughs> like, mean, we're going to have to start another we podcast. Get to watching. <laughs> we have to do it two times a week. Like, Well, it'll be our... Um... <laughs> it'll be our Fast and Furious month dude like months yeah you know last february if we get caught up now then every year we can watch the newest one as it comes out i'm just thinking ahead the only thing fast and the furious (laughs) about those episodes will be our reviews dude short mad like they did we we will have so much fucking fun with them yeah they are ridiculous as much fun as I had tearing apart both of those fucking Wonder Woman movies. Yeah. Like, I would have a blast. It's like, well, what about the plot? Movies. It's like, what plot? <laughs> Car go fast. Yeah. Bomb go boom. You know, like. Blow it up. All you John need. Travolta meme. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to, I'm petitioning for it, dude, at some point. <laughs> okay. I'm going to win something, and I'm like, the next two and a half months is Fast and Furious, guys. <laughs> we do have to watch them at some point. Yeah, we got to, man. All right, I'm ready for this next trailer. 12 Mighty Orphans. I have a feeling this is All about right. a football team. It's got Robert Duvall and Luke Wilson in it. All right, we go. Three, two, one, play. You think it's about a football? I'm going to say basketball. All right. About a retired cop. 
or a retired football coach. Take this accent out. Watson, we got Dotson. <laughs> it's football. I knew it. Oh, damn. Doug, Doug. <laughs> the hot shot team. Yeah. It's going to be that classic story, you know? Yeah. Come back. Kid. They're going to beat them. Oh, wow. We make it up as we go along, you know? Yeah. I will say we've we've had a lot of football movies, but never one from this time period. No. I wonder if it's based on a, a true event. It said it was based on a book, right? Yeah. Based on a trizzle, you know. Let me see here. Uh Twelve Mighty Orphans. Let's go to the book here. Right. <laughs> it's based on the nonfiction book 12 Mighty Orphans, the inspiring true story of the mighty mites who ruined Texas foot or who ruled Texas football by Jim Dent. Okay. Uh all right, let's see. This of my mites who ruled Texas football. Um of course they don't have a all right, here's the Amazon. Um, <clears throat> for the this is a school was constructed in Fort Worth for purpose for the purpose of housing and educating the orphans of Texas Freemasons. A humble project that for years existed quietly on a hillside east of town. Um, in the 30s and 40s, nothing bigger in Texas high school high school football. Okay. So, yeah, it's based on that. The original Friday Night Lights. That's what they're saying. I'll check it out. Yeah. I like a good football movie, you know? Now, this is what I'm excited for. Shang-Chi, guys. Let's do it. You seen it yet, Trav? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. Ready. Everybody was kung fu fighting. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> we all watched his old punching post. Yeah, his baiting post. I remember post, now. Yeah. You're like like Jackie Chan. Da, 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 anyway. Aquafina. Who's in the mask? Oh. It shows him punching really fast like that. It's like for 13 days he kept the power on. Y'all said this was building up to the real Mandarin? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. That sounds like Corey Taylor, man, that song. Doesn't it? Yeah. Fuck them up, dude. How do you say <laughs> that? Who are you? Pose. I mean, action packed, dude. I watched her um, comedy. I mean, it, it, it looks like funny. it. It, hark- it, it looks like it harkens back to the uh, you know the classic stunt action film. Yeah, Jackie Chan. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> I mean, I know the movie's kind of gotten some of its own controversy going on, and we don't have to like we don't even have to get into that. But I mean, the trailer looks promising. Wait, wait. What what's wrong? Yeah, I don't know anything what are you about that. I think there was a headline on it. Uh, you know, classic, you know, Marvel and Hollywood and China flashing. Yeah. China don't like Hong Kong movies. I mean, like uh, fighting movies anymore. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm looking through here, and I'm. Oh, I'm seeing this trailer reaction. Uh, here's one. Mortal Kombat star was devastated after losing Marvel's Shang-Chi gig. Uh, I don't know. This is all I'm going to say, guys. If it's got a bunch of cool kicky flips yeah. and punchy faces, I'm in. All right. Because I haven't, I've been no stranger on this podcast about expressing my love for Kung Fu films. And I have not shied away from expressing my love of Marvel. Mm -hmm. And put those two together. And it's like a fucking, it's like 
you got your fucking chocolate in my peanut butter. Well, mm-hmm. you got your peanut butter in my chocolate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like the Reese cups of fucking Marvel over here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <clears throat> like the way that this was shot, like what we little bit we've seen was what I was hoping that Iron Fist would have been like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not trying to shit on Iron Fist or anything like that because I enjoyed it for what it was, but like. Iron Fist, I just want to see Iron Fist like punch people and do like cool martial arts shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like I want to watch Luke Cage be intimidating. You, you know what I mean? Like that's that's why I'm watching these characters. So this looks like it's going to give us the uh, the kung fu experience that we've been craving, or at least that I've been craving anyway. So comes out in September, man, and they're bringing black widow straight to streaming because mm-hmm. of like, you know, they've been putting that movie off for what feels like five years now. Yeah. Almost releasing it. Yeah. Almost, <laughs> almost. Right. Um, so I'm hoping that by the time that this gets ready to come out in September, that theaters will actually be up and running. And if they're not, then I hope that they release this to stream Cause they've already pushed it back once. I think Shang-Chi it was supposed movie? to yeah, I think it was supposed uh, to come out in the summer this year, and they pushed it back because of they put Black Widow in that slot. Uh-huh. So, so anyway, that's what we're looking like. So, but yeah, guys, hell yeah. Next week we finally get to watch Mortal Kombat. Yeah, we get to see some kicky flips and some fucking fisty face and all that good fisty stuff. Face. So far, the reviews yeah. have been good. Yeah. They say it's Every fucking solid. violent. It's it's everything you want it to be. Yeah. Which is perfect. To the, uh, I'm excited, man. So we'll do that and um the last episode of uh Falcon Winter Soldier. Kinda hate to see the show go. Yeah. Well, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up real quick when the release date for Loki is. They're doing Loki. a good job at keeping it like they're close, yeah. you know, like that. And that's a great idea. It's like, once you get, you know, keep those people subscribed. Yeah. Keep it going. So uh, it looks like here it's June the 11th. Mm-hmm. So I was, I thought it was going to be coming out in May, but I guess We're it's coming out. Yeah. Which that's okay. That'll get, you know, we'll have a little bit of a break there between the Marvel stuff, but Hey, I'm cool with it because like, you know, we've got all kinds of properties coming out right here. Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, she Hulk, uh, moon, Knight, the what if stuff, mm-hmm. which that might be coming up. The what if stuff might be coming out sooner. Let's see. It's release date is, Oh, it's still unknown yet. Okay. But yeah, guys. That's all I got. That's all I got, man. We'll be doing... uh, Doesn't uh, that Legends come out this year? Um, Does it? Possibly. I think I read somewhere where I said it does. Maybe in the fall? Let's see. Legends. Wasn't, Wasn't there a show? Yeah. Marvel Studios Legends. Well, it's like the story so far type of thing. 
Well, no, it's like a little profile on characters where it gives you, like I was saying, like it's just a story so far with them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's already dropped. Yeah, it January. came out okay. in uh, January, yeah. All right. So, yeah, next week, more combat. I guess keep it real, right? Yes.